Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. All right, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Penny Bloom Podcast. This is the Mandalorian rewatch, or also known as, via Kyler's suggestion, Star Wars colon, the Mandalorian colon, the Watchmen. (laughs) And I like that idea. Maybe we'll say it every episode, but I, I just don't think it reads well. I just really love to, you know, try to incite some confusion with people looking for a Watchmen podcast. Yeah, they're like, I was look. I I wanted to talk about Doctor Manhattan. Listen, listen. If you get both the Watchmen crowd and the Star Wars crowd, we're looking at double viewership. Is all I'm hearing. So you're welcome. Yeah, I might I might take the suggestion. We are here to talk about the season two premiere of The Mandalorian, though. The one of the holiest days of my life, the season two premiere of The Mandalorian, and with me to celebrate, I would have no one else other than Joseph George. What's up, buddy? What's up? It's good to have you here. We also have Miles Buttress. How you doing, homie? Doing well. How are you? I am swell. And on the screen below me, which I can see and you cannot, we have Kyler Barnett. How are you, homie? I'm fantastic. Fantastic. I'm glad to hear. I am fantastic because of this premiere. I mean, fuck. Plain and simple, bro. Like, what other emotions is there to have? (laughs) It's amazing. This was so fucking fun. I stayed up till I stayed up till two a.m. Oh, Oh, I knew I would. Yeah, knew I would, and I did. You know, the hype was real, and the hype was respected. Yeah, bro. They for me, they met that hype. For some people, they're saying this this didn't quite meet it. You know, they're saying that perhaps it takes a step back from the story and is just like we're gonna. We're going to show you what we're working with and show off a little bit. You know, I'll be curious to, the season two premiere. I'll, can we get into that when we get to that part of the episode? Like towards the end, I want to get into that argument because I'm actually curious to hear some different opinions. Sure, sure, sure. We'll come back to that then. Do you guys just want to jump right into this bad boy? Let's. I think. I say we. It. I say we go for it. Let's go for it. Scene by scene. Breakdown. I have the notes here in front of me for The Mandalorian Season 2, Chapter 9, The Marshal. Directed by John Favreau, written by John Favreau. Just John Favreau Ooh. all over the place. Just John but Favreau I, all over the place. I love that. Anything John Favreau, I'm all in. I'm about it. And that's actually on the writing credits this season, he has five of the episodes, I think. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, God. Love some John Favreau. It's definitely going to be great. So we open on Din walking alongside Baby and his little pram, and they're moving, they're moving. And it's a pretty run-down, shady area, you know? We got a bunch of graffiti all over the walls. We got some scary uh, red-eyed creatures watching in the dark, which is horrifying. And uh, he meets a Twi'lek at the door. And he says that he's there to see Gore Koresh, who was played by the great John Leguizamo, and is just great. Just perfect. Dude, I had no idea that was him. Mm-hmm. And That's what's funny awesome. is that like, had I not seen that credit beforehand, I would have thought the voice was John Favreau. Dude, you know what's funny is that he was in Chef, the movie Chef with John Favreau. So yes, I wonder if that relationship had anything. I'm sure it did. but I'm sure it did. Uh, he makes his way into this uh, fighting ring. We got the shot that we saw in the trailer from behind him and uh, walking towards this ring with a couple of Gamorrean guards going at it with what looks like vibro battle axes. So, bro, okay, pimp weapon. I'm so curious because now you say it like that, and I get it. It makes sense thinking about the vibro, vibro blade from last season that we've already talked about a couple times. But mm-hmm. I wondered if this was like a 
so that way they couldn't use the actual blades if it was something that they had put like the like fighting organization or whatever it would be like oh kept to, like those. blunt them yeah so that way they couldn't like chop the hell like because then it's boring i would be over in one swing you know whoever hits you know, first you're you're, you're gone so i don't know i wondered if that would could have possibly been a thing that's a good point i hadn't i hadn't really considered that i uh I like to think that that's probably what it was because I was wondering how the fight was going to go otherwise. Like, yeah, this guy was about to kill the other guy, so he's got to. I also think yours has a lot of merit too because I think that's not out of the realm of possibility at all. So, just the way they acted—that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, but they uh, they make their way through this room, and Baby is clearly confused by the uh, fact that people are just watching these two go at it and not interfere interfering whatsoever. He's like, eh, eh, eh. keeps making these little coups, and uh, they sit now. They sit down next to Gore Koresh, and uh, he tells them, "Wherever I go, he goes." Gorkresh is like, so I've heard. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> he has this reputation that he just carries this baby with him. <laughs> Space Batman Dad Edition. Think about <laughs> how think about how implausible it would have been to hear that like a year before that. Like to hear the like this specific Mandalorian. Like think about That's how crazy. jarring it would be for some to hear that. Like a Mandalorian doting around a kid. Like a baby. Yeah, just, just carrying a baby with him everywhere he goes. <laughs> like, yeah, no, no way. Uh, but uh, Din explains that he's looking for other Mandalorians to help him get home. And uh, Koresh tells him that it's unbecoming to engage in business so quickly and bets him that the Gamorrean's going to die within the next minute and a half. And in exchange, he wants Mando's armor. And it's like, yo, you never bet on the, you never bet on the best car and are to be trusted. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, you don't, yeah, that's like just an awful first impression. Like that cannot be the starting bargain that you're, 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 you're posting for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Absolutely. You're man. asking him to, for his religion, basically. You, you definitely exactly. can't that lead. Religion you you cannot lead give it up that. for one little fight. Absolutely not. And Din is obviously not receptive of this idea. And he says that he's not going to leave his fate up to chance. And Koresh says that he won't either. And he just smokes one of the Gamorreans. He's like, I, I knew he was going to die because I, I planned to kill him. This is this was the loophole. This, this, this was the joke. It was all very funny. What a smart guy. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, Koresh and his boys turn their guns on uh, Mando and Baby. And we know that's super dumb. <laughs> mistake. Yeah. Just, just mistake number one. And this was the... This was another Batman ass scene where he's just fighting, fighting, and takes down all these guys. And Crush thanks him for coming, as he usually has to hunt the Mandos down. And he tells Den again to hand over his armor, or he dies. And Mando responds in kind, "Tell me where the Mandalorians are, and I'll walk out of here without killing you." Oh, chills! Is I would right. immediately agree. You know, like I don't know, just the fact that he's saying that with these many guns pointing out of his head, neck, I guess. Yeah. And Koresh, genius that he is, said, <laughs> I thought you weren't a gambler. Just setting Mando up for the perfect line. Mm. Just arms his whistling birds, baby looks, takes it upon himself to shut uh, the Oh, I love it. That's how the trailer. I'm not. Mm. And <laughs> just smokes these dudes. And then kicks the pram out of the way, and we hear the electric guitar version of the Mando theme again. The I was like, fuck yeah! Because that is the most badass version of that song. I oh, think. yeah. And yeah, uh, Fantastic. When Din kicks the pram out of the way, the Gamorrean guard decides to jump out of the ring at him <laughs> and quickly meets the bench. It Dude, was very it was that dude's chance to pull a Iron Man 3, that bodyguard that's like, look, man, I'm just working here. These guys are weird. Like, And he's just like... Go ahead. Like that I'm was sorry, your chance, but... and you fucked it up. Like why? 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> please don't kill me. Exactly. And uh, you know, a couple more dudes come to fight him, but find it hard to punch Beskar. And when a, a couple more come with weapons, he whips out the vibroblade, stabs one, and throws the other. Oh. Throws the other one into his chest. I love the layers of fighting we get in this. Like the different types you see in just this one scene. It really was refreshing. Like you get Mando being like. 
super combative, like hands on, and then you get him being just like a total badass with the whistling birds. Mm-hmm. Also, a great time to draw the comparison and given uh, recent events in an NFL football game, punching Beskar equals in this world punching, punching a helmet. Helmet, like what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Why do they do that? So I was, why would you do that? Why? Why? You, why? why? I was going to bring that up too because I feel like that's the equivalent in real life. No. It's just like it just it doesn't make sense. Now, recent things have come to light. I totally understand why Javon Wins freaked the frick out and punched the shit out of him, but I still don't understand the punching yeah. of the helmet. Like you have an entire like midsection in front, of, like for at least a football, like that you could punch. But I mean, you could go for the abs, you could go for the side, but exactly. Like, dude, but no, just let's helmet. go for Why? the one protected part of his body. What yeah. a tangent, man! I was not expecting that. No, yeah, you know, <laughs> I just I like to think of myself as a multifaceted individual. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I like to think that best car hits a little harder than that football helmet. Oh no, but... no, no, absolutely. <laughs> just, just wanted to draw a little real world comparison. Absolutely, and uh, amidst all this uh, chaos. Koresh had panicked and ran away, heading outside, and he tries to run, but yeah. Mando catches him with the grappler. He quickly wraps up his legs and hangs him upside down from that light pole. I was like, ugh, Batman is fucked. This I really feel like started off for me, just the concept of viewing this episode out of all. I know we've talked about how this is like a Western in space kind of thing, but like this episode especially, just leading off with that, like I just got such – western vibes with the you know the uh the rope essentially he used and then hanging him up in like the middle of the street like that just seems so western to me yeah yeah 100 percent. i feel like every like the the entire like this entire show has very much had western vibes to it i feel like this episode in itself just heavily went all right oh. you thought that you thought previous no, this, episodes this were western is a western this, like, it, this we episode. just we just remade a western from the it's 1980s the in Marshall. space yeah it's called the Marshall. This is a Western. Uh, <laughs> Koresh gives in here and he says that he'll tell Mando uh, where the other Mandalorians are, but he has to promise he won't kill him. And then what again, a promise. Again, yeah. responds in kind, I promise you will not die by my hand. Ooh. And in this moment, I was like, how is he going to kill this guy? I was like, like, how is he going to make sure this guy is dead by the end of this? Just have Baby Yoda clap. That's what I thought he was going to do. I thought Baby Yoda, over the span of this season, or in between, I thought he just force choked or like just, you know, blasted people's heads off. But I was very disappointed to not see that. But I'm very, I'm actually very glad that is not the route that it was taken. (laughs) That would have been like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah, no, Joe, that was that's something you have to show on. Yeah, that would have had to. That would have to be something that happens on screen. That transformation. But what about if he just went like, baby, bad guy, and he just went immediately to instant kill mode? God, that'd be that'd be. Something I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Koresh tells him that uh, uh, the Mando he knows is on Tatooine, and uh, Din is like shook up for a second. He's like, "Yo, I've been to Tatooine plenty of times. Never once have I seen a Mandalorian." And alas, Koresh swears he's in most Pelgo. And uh, Din's like, "Cool, I haven't heard of that place. Maybe I'll go there." He turns and he walks away from a hangar. Koresh as he calls to him, "Hey, cut me down!" and Din tells him that wasn't part of the deal. Oh, snap. Turns around, shoots the light out above him, and we just walk, And as he walks away, we just watch those little red-eyed creatures lurk in the shadows, close in as, as Koresh screams for his life. They which feasted. will soon end, yeah. surely. I feel like it became pretty clear clear whenever he had all the guns pulled on him and he said, tell me what I need to know now, and I and I won't kill you with my... Like, I won't kill yeah. you myself. I felt, whenever he said that, I was like... I feel like he's going to use the same like betting style that the dude did earlier in the fight where he said, I'll bet you this, that yeah. he's going to die in the next one and a half minutes and then just blow the guy's head off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He certainly played that well. Yeah. Um, but then we get the title screen there and we next see the razor, cl- the razor crest flying into Tatooine. And I was like, fuck yeah. From the get go, we're headed to Tatooine. And obviously when I heard the Mando he was talking about is on Tatooine, obviously I went he is talking about Boba Fett. Oh yeah, I had this exact thought. And I was I was like this has to be Boba Fett. Like it, it, that's the only way they're setting this up. And uh but 
obviously he enters Tatooine. We're given this beautiful view of the planet again, and he pulls up to the docking bay ran by Pelly, which I just love. And a few pit droids run up, and she's like, "Hey, you know he doesn't like droids. Back off." <laughs> And he's like, oh, they might as well take a look. <laughs> She's like, so he likes droids now. <laughs> I love her character. IG-11 just changing the game for Mando. Bro, I was like, man, he's really come a long way. He oh, really yeah. has. And, uh, you know, next he pulls out Baby Yoda and she goes, oh, thank the Force. <laughs> and I was like, fuck yeah, we haven't heard a good thank the Force in a minute. Or the worst Force <laughs> at all. This Is this the first time that it is mentioned in the show? Yeah. I think it is. Because they talk well, about, like, space wizards or moving objects with their <laughs> minds or whatever before. What's interesting is that she goes, thank the Force. But, like, she she couldn't articulate that to Mando, like, what's going on, maybe? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or maybe everyone knows the stories. Maybe everyone knows about the Force. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. The... I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but you know, she says that as she lays eyes on Sweet Baby Yoda, and uh, it doesn't she really goes, "How much do you want for it?" Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt, but it doesn't really roll off the tongue well. It just kind of not a fan of so, what the thank the force, thank the force. Yeah, it's a uh, it feels a little forced. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dad jokes are all. Oh good. man! <laughs> oh, thank the fools. Uh, you know, but Pelly's like, "How much? How much do you want for it?" <laughs> Just kidding, but really, and uh, <laughs> that's all of us in that situation. It's like we ever got our hands on Baby Yoda. It's like, yo, what can I do to nothing? Absolutely buy this from you? Nothing. Think she was paying to eat him or not? No, I she wanted. I don't to think adopt she that was. Baby. Okay, just, just she wants to adopt this baby. Just asking for a friend. <laughs> Mando uh, Mando breaks down his situation for Pelly, and he's ultimately seeking to find her help with uh, Most Pelgo. And she pulls up a kick-ass map presented to us by R5, the unit with a bad motivator <laughs> that we saw in Star Wars A New Hope, which I just thought was 100% awesome. We saw him season one in the cantina, and now he's owned by Pelly. It's just he, the growing history in the background of star Wars. I just love it. I love how subtle they can be. Like, it's just, they, they have leaned so hard into just dropping little teeny tiny things in there. And I love it. I love that we have those directors that just take the time and due diligence to do that. Absolutely. And on this map, she shows him most Espa, most Isley and most Pelgo. She explains it used to be a, uh, a mining site and that they'll definitely, definitely see him coming and, She's like, he's like, yo, can I get a speeder bike? She's like, of course. So we're off again. Just quickly moving. I was like, damn, we're rapid fire. No, it did feel very quick. And uh, Baby Yoda's in his bag, literally, which is just adorable when he's attached to the speeder. He's like hanging off the back, though, you know? Like he's hanging off. Yeah, I was a little afraid it was just going to like detach and just tumble, you know? Is this where his ears were flapping in the wind? You could hear it? Yeah. Do you hear Mm, the sound effect they gave? (laughs) <laughs> I'll like, have to go back and try and listen like, to it. It was, I don't know, it was, just, <laughs> like, it was pretty cute. Just a little ear flapping noise. <laughs> That's fucking funny. I love it. I love it. Uh, but uh, on this little journey, uh, Mando camps out with some Tuscan Raiders, which I love, and they, sh- they take the time to show that he, he knows them, hmm. spends time with them, and uh, but then he pulls up to the most Pelga. And uh, Mando, scan- Mando scans the scenery before making his way to the local cantina. And uh, lots of looking and disapproving eyes. They all seem pretty fucking pissed this guy's here. Confused, even. And uh, Baby waddles behind Mando into the cantina, which is just really cute. He's like, trailing behind, doing his thing, just loving it. I was I was confused when Mando just like got off the bike and like didn't even look at him. Yeah, because he kind of, kind of, you know, contradicted himself where he said, anywhere I go, or everywhere I go, he goes. Well, that just shows me that he knew Baby was going to follow. Like, he didn't yeah, even have to like, check in with aw. him. Like, he's got him. He's got him. It's good. Like, Baby Yoda's just going to trail now. Yeah. 
He's 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 always he's always there and he knows it, which is <laughs> just adorable. I'm assuming that it's maybe they're like building to a point in the season where at some point he doesn't follow him, and he oh, he, re- and and he realizes gets himself it. into some turmoil. <laughs> gets himself into some turmoil. Such a common trope to happen. Oh, one hundred percent. Um. Uh, the uh, Mando seeks the help of the bartender. He's like, "Yo." You seen a Mandalorian around here? And he's like, I don't know what a Mandalorian is. And he's like, someone who looks like me. He's like, he's like, oh, you mean the town marshal? He's like, your town marshal wears Mandalorian armor? And then, oh my god. In the door appears that Mandalorian armor. Dude, 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 dude. The bullet or the blaster hole. Oh my god. I audibly went. Lost it. Like audibly, out loud, and then my mouth was open for the next. I don't know. Even though I knew it was coming, you know, I knew I knew it was coming. I knew. Like I was like, we're gonna see the armor. Obviously, this is the Mandalorian we're talking about. I didn't know Boba would be wearing it, and he wasn't. We see here. This is Cobb Vanth. Yeah. yeah. He asks the uh, bartender for some spotchka, and asks Mando to come join him. And. uh he takes off his helmet real quick. Clearly not a true Mandalorian. And uh, Timothy Oliphant also knows enough to know that Mando's not going to be happy that he has <laughs> the armor. This is true. And uh, he's like, so I figure one of us is going to... Only one of us is going to walk out of here alive. <laughs> I bought this armor from, from some Jawas, and I don't plan it up anytime soon, buddy, okay? That's... <laughs> I mean, it's some pimpin' Man. armor. It's some pimpin' yeah. armor. Yeah. Do, and, uh, do you think he knows whose armor it is? Doubtful. I don't know. He says he's grown up on Tatooine. There's there's not... I mean, he probably doesn't know Boba Fett by name, no. But he's probably yeah. familiar with the Hutt clan and stuff, so maybe maybe some whispers of something, but probably not. You know, after we found out it wasn't Boba, I was like, Dang, he really got caught in that sand Venus flytrap octopus looking thing. Like that dude never got out. But then I'm like, how the heck did they get that armor though? Mm-hmm. Like, the yeah, I am. Uh, I'm interested. I, I'm assuming at some point, like whenever Boba gets to like tell his side of the story. Yeah. Like I'm sure we'll get something that'll show how he got out. Oh, I yeah. feel like it's definitely going to be like a like he was caught and had to like get out of the armor in order to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing, and that's what. Whenever he, when like whenever he first walks in in the armor, and I saw it first, I didn't even realize it was like the thought didn't even go in my head. Like, oh, that's it's Boba Fett's armor. Well, I didn't even think about it, and it? then I realized I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, and well, what, I quickly realized I was like, there's no way this is actually him. This is someone oh, else. Absolutely, because yeah, it it obviously isn't his armor. Yeah, it's obviously it set not up to look right. Yeah. It's one of those where I feel like they they like made it obvious to be like, yes, this is him, and we want you to think it's him, but we also know you know it's not him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like before he opened his mouth, you were like, this isn't Boba Fett. This guy isn't. Yeah. Well, big yeah. who the fuck's it this? Also at? Seemed, it also seemed like there just wasn't enough. That wasn't like in, there wasn't enough anticipation. There wasn't mm-hmm. enough build up there to be worth it to just like waste that reveal right there, yeah. right in the get go. Yeah. You know. Like, I was, Absolutely. like, I was almost honestly a little disappointed when I saw it. It's like, if it's really him, like, are you serious? Like, this, yeah. is, how, this is all the reveal is going to be? Like, this just makes me feel like it's a one-episode thing. But then we get something else. Yeah. And I think that's why the actual reveal is so much better. Because then at that point, you have an entire episode of when the fuck is he – when's he going to show up? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Mando tells Vanth one more time to hand the – armor over and he's not he's not very receptive of that idea and he asks if they're going to do this in front of the kid <laughs> and uh Din's like he's seen worse yeah dude <laughs> what a fucked up childhood poor baby Yoda's i having, know this, is, this a is great one things like this are what make me realize man man this guy is not ready to be a father <laughs> so i know are very... we calling him in now I'm calling him Din. I, I'm trying real hard to commit to that because that is his name. And when I was watching it and th- and taking my notes repeatedly calling him Din, it just felt more and more right. 
you know, like the more you, the more you call him Din, the more you get used to it. And the more you actually start to like the name Din, like I actually really fuck with it now. Dude, all I'm saying is the Mandalorian is just the movie Big Daddy in space. That's all I'm saying. It's just what it is. You're not wrong. You aren't wrong in the slightest. I mean, I ain't never been wrong. I'm just saying, undefeated, never lost. So. You're not wrong, but you are. Like it just—it sounds wrong, but it's right. No, that's an astute observation. It is. It is an astute observation. You're correct. But right here, Cobb Vanth and Mando really square off. Real Western like. You can practically hear the. <laughs> like the way they like look at each other and start putting their hands on their blaster. Like, mm-hmm. bro, like this couldn't have been more straight out of a Western. And then the room. Tumbleweed didn't go by or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is kind of that tumbleweed. <laughs> the room rumbles. Yeah. And they make their way to the door to see panic in the streets, sirens sounding and shit. Something rumbles towards them underground, and we hear the call of a crate dragon. The same call Obi-Wan made to get them sand crawlers up off of Luke and his speeder in Star Wars A New Hope. I did not realize that. Yeah, you remember when he runs up and he goes, Rah! He like makes that real loud screeching yeah. sound, and you're like, what yes. the fuck? That's the same sound as this creature makes and now wow. it explains wow. why the sand crawlers immediately ran i mean the sand people immediately ran away like Dude, oh fuck get out of there i did not yeah, notice gotta, that's crazy you gotta get out of here quick and uh they watch it go by underground and it rises and devours a bantha whole those banthas are big as fuck too like <laughs> Dude, that's a snack for that dude yo and cop van looks at him he's like you know what Maybe fighting isn't worth our time. <laughs> Dude, I don't blame him. I don't want no parts of that. That motherfucker is scary. Man, all I can think about, though, is, like, the mouthful of sand that that monster gets every time. Well, that man just lives under sand. Yeah, but, like, Like, this is Anakin's nightmare, bro. Oh. I feel oh. like something like that, like, tra- that travels like that. They have to, it has to have a way to, like, just naturally just shit sand out. I love no, the Nightmare they sand hole. Colton. That was great. That was sand hole, Joseph. <laughs> Sorry. But uh, <sighs> after after he decides, like, maybe fighting's not their time, we get this shot of Baby, who, meanwhile, has jumped into this little vase for protection, <laughs> which is just adorable. I love how resourceful he's getting. He's getting so... He, he's smart. Like, he's like, he's I'm going to jump... Intelligent and like he knows it, so he's just extra ornery all the time. I wish we would have gotten a shot of him going into the vase because, like, oh, you know, ears he were jumped too wide. Yeah, no, and they had to like kind of like fold upwards so he would have looked like a green rabbit at the time. And oh, I really wanted to see that. That's all that, I could think about for like ten minutes. Dude, after that that is so cute to see. Yeah, that's about. all I could think about. Wow, that'd be so adorable. But uh, fantastic. After this, Cobb Vanth explains that the creatures terrorized the area and that uh, he's been able to protect them against humanoid threat, but uh, not quite something like that. He tells them that he knows where the creature lives and that there they can take it out. And we get a pretty kick-ass flashback as they mount their speeders, which, by the way, Cobb Vanth's speeder looks a lot like part of Anakin's uh, pod racer. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! One. So much. As soon as I saw those two, like the two long and pointy things on the end, mm-hmm. right at yeah. the engine, that you know that they kind of flex in and out. Immediately, yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, you've got to be kidding me!" There's no way. You know, no, I mean, uh, it, it, those—that's probably a pod racing engine. Might maybe not Anakin's, but it resembles it quite a bit. No, yeah, my first sure. I—I recognized it. I didn't really put the two and two together, but I'm like, man, this really looks familiar. Oh, yeah. I didn't quite put it together. And then after my after the episode ended, I went straight to Reddit. And I was like, what's like what's going on in this episode? And someone put a picture side by side. And I'm like, oh, Oh, shit. Yeah, Yeah, I caught it on my rewatch because I was like, yo, I paused and I looked at it and I was like, what is this thing? I've seen it. And then I put it together and I was like, oh, fuck, that's awesome. Uh. Here we get a, a pretty kick-ass flashback from Cobb Vanth. He uh, shows the town watching the Death Star blow up on the Hollow Net, which is just 
inter inter uh, galactic TV. Basically, that was the news. They were like, "Look at this, Death Star Two. It's blown up." <laughs> bye bye, Empire. Dude, just Walter Cronkite living in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> I, you know, I want to know why is there like why is their hologram resolution so shitty? Yeah, you'd think they'd have that figured out by now, you know? You think they would have improved it as the technology for us improved? Like, I understand in the original trilogy why the holograms looked, you know, awful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, you know, I feel like they could have improved it and just overlooked the fact that they looked awful in the original <laughs> trilogy. <laughs> possibly, possibly. Uh, but what's crazy is that very night, the mining collective moved in. They were like, we're wasting no fucking time. Most Pelgo, you're going the fuck down. You're a slave camp now. And uh, Vanth made it out by the skin of his teeth, just barely. He grabbed a Camtona full of Sililax crystals. He did not know that because he was just like, fuck it. Maybe this has food or water in it. <laughs> Man, that's a stretch. I mean, what a thing to do. I mean, you have to run, but like not going for anything other than a random thing. You have no idea what's in it. And then you happen, you know. Just said, fuck it. Yeah. Man. He wandered for days. For days without replenishment. And then he was saved saved by a city on wheels. A Jawa sand crawler. This might be beautiful. the first time that I've noticed the true scale of it. Because Massive. there's just a, a human Massive. laying down and kinda on his knees next to it. And like in the movies it's always next to like some rock. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I guess it's in the desert sometimes, like just sand but i don't know it just seemed bigger in this. yeah we've certainly got the bigger scale of the sand crawlers this uh this series because like even in the second episode of the series when he like goes toe-to-toe -to -toe with one mm -hmm. he like mando's like clinging to the side of it and shit and you're like holy shit that's a big ass that's Dang. a big ass structure <laughs> that's not to be fucked with uh but they uh, they took they took Cobb in and they gave him water. They traded the crystals for Boba's armor, and he wore that armor back to Mos Pelgo. Ran the mining collective out of town, taking those out in the bar with his blaster, and the remaining with his back rocket, which is the first time we've ever seen this oh. in action. And it was just oh. fucking kick ass. This like this is a reference to like the original Kenner toy, like the original Boba Fett action figure that was released before Empire Strikes Back. It had this little feature where if you pushed a button on it, the rocket shot out of his back. So they decided to finally incorporate that somehow. Because we have the technology too. And I fucking loved it. It was So dope. you don't bend down whenever you want to shoot the rocket. Do you just get your head blasted off or like do you think it is it's heat seeking or I think you've got I think you've gotta bend down like that to get like a uh, an It'll angle or trajectory. So know? it's not heat-seeking then. Well, I think... I don't think it's trace. I think it is just a projectile that shoots at a certain speed, and then it you have to judge the gravity and drop-off. I feel like there's it has to be seeking of some sort. There has lock to be some sort of lock-on. Yeah, because there's there's no way he never you missed. Just be like, all right, let me let me angle my back my back at the correct trajectory for. <laughs> but it doesn't like it. Just it shoots with like lob, like arch in it. Like I don't. Well, yeah, but I mean, seeking things can shoot like that. Like it shoots yeah. up to start and then it levels out. Yeah. I don't know. It was a kick-ass weapon, regardless. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, we. Return from this flashback, and they pull up on their speeders in a uh, valley of sorts to the sound of some sand people. And then some uh, creature emerges and has multiple friends, and it's a weird, scaly-looking motherfucker. And you're like, yo, this thing's kind of freaky, but kind of cute. <laughs> and uh, Din speaks Tuscan to the creatures, and they understand and are extremely endeared by him. <laughs> this is the little guy. The little guy runs right up to Din and just, like, just, like licks his face. Like, What? What'd he say? I, I, good boy? I, I don't know. Just Maybe their standard is really low, and he speaks a really rudimentary like level of Tuscan, and he just knew just enough to just make them melt. Perhaps. Uh, but uh, after this, the Tuscan raiders emerge, and Din explains to them the situation. And they're willing to help. He's like, yo, 
they want to kill this Kray Dragon too. They have beef. And uh, after that, we cut to a Tuscan camp where we see a Bantha getting his teeth brushed, with a, which I thought was just like a, a great random detail we didn't need. Well, how how thoughtful, you know? Yeah, yeah like sure. they got to brush them Bantha's teeth, you know? <laughs> I dig that. And we uh, we see Din and Cobb Vanth sitting with some Tuscans around the fire. And one of those creatures is eyeing Baby a little too heavy. Like, yo, I'm going to eat this little motherfucker. Like, that's <laughs> definitely what he's thinking. Like, definitely. And Baby's kind of like, uh, d- Dad? <laughs> d- Dad, pay attention, please. People want to eat that thing, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, uh, Tuscan offers Vanth a drink, and uh, it doesn't look too yummy. And Vanth has no interest. And this leads to some tensions escalating. And the way Din kind of breaks down the situation here, it was like such a funny narration because he's like, uh-oh. They know who you are. They know how many of the people you've killed. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, that that was a kind of funny example of how like they needed to explain something to us through dialogue, but they didn't really know how to do it. Because <laughs> like as he was saying it, I just felt like it was so awkward. Yeah. And uh, he's like, they raided our village. They knew what the fuck they were doing. <laughs> fuck these guys no fuck you guys no fuck you <laughs> and then mando's like fire what a way to stop an argument like, yo and it, it really just immediately catches everybody's attention he tells everybody yo we can't fight amongst ourselves or the monster's gonna kill us all anyway so how about we get a fucking move on and this everyone can agree on uh we cut to them into the daytime riding on bantha mount which looked really cool and uh they ride to the mouth of the cave where the dragon lives. And Tuscan approaches the cave with a bantha. You're like, ah, this is cool. Uh, we, through the narration of Din and Cobb, we learn that this, uh, this crate lives in a, a former Sarlacc pit. And Cobb goes, I've lived on Tatooine all my life. There's no such thing as a, as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. And it's like, oh, oh, oh my friend. There the is stuff. if you've eaten the sarlacc. What? Oh. <laughs> Bro. Ate I the mean, sarlacc? I mean, it's a big move, you know? Like, it's a <laughs> big thing. I think it just is on top on the food chain. Yeah, but fuck. I didn't think. Yeah, I mean, it's a perfect. Like, I get the impression that the sarlacc pit goes real, real deep. Like, it's yeah. not just the mouth. You know. Oh, it does. I'm looking at a picture right now, and I'm I'm starting to not believe this thing could do it. <laughs> Heck, maybe that's how they got the uh, the armor out. Maybe the one of those things ate a sarlacc and just shot the armor out. Maybe, perhaps, <laughs> things to consider. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Din explains that the Tuscans have studied the digestive system of this uh, of the creature, and that they know how to offer and feed the crate and. Uh, they know how to feed their bantha to it to protect their village. And the, the Tuscan calls into the cave and makes a break for it. Just runs when he hears it. And <laughs> boy, oh boy, does that crate just ignore the fuck out of that bantha and eat this man. <laughs> as, as soon as they said they have, they have studied the digestive system and they know exactly when to feed it and how to feed it to get it to not, you know, murder them all. I was like, yeah, this feeding's not going to go according to this plan. Isn't go, this isn't. And Din, like, half-jokingly says, they might be open to other ideas. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love how poorly timed this joke is. Like, dude, not Bro, time. D- dude, not these dude, time. Dude, these dudes' homies just died. Like, <laughs> maybe they could use some help. Like, <laughs> Bro, just not the time for the joke, Din. Uh, but... <laughs> We cut to a, a Tuscan-built model for their plan, consisting of a small skeleton and much smaller pebbles. And Cobb asks what is what, and Din explains that the skeleton is the crate dragon, and that they were probably the pebbles. And Cobb's all skeptical. He's like, that can't be the scale. Like, the, and I like, I like the concern here. He's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't they have picked bigger rocks? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, 
<laughs> Ben's like, nah, I'm pretty sure that's to scale, homie. Cobb's Cobb's like, nah, bro, that cannot be to scale. And then Den asks, and the Raiders like, yep, it's to scale. <laughs> I like to think that he actually that they actually just said, yeah, no, that's actually the, the, these are these rocks are bigger than what you guys will be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think and, Cobb uh, is just there to set Mando up for some like hard for jokes. Lines. Like, because it's happened multiple times. Oh, they like, have a great dynamic. I, I want to see Cobb Banth come back the way we've seen, like, Cara Dune and Grief. I was going to say, I would not I be opposed if man. they just, if if in the next episode, he's just still just dicking around. And, like, he lets him keep the, the Boba Fett's armor, and they, he's just dicking around with him. Any time. They just go across the galaxy joking. Any time on Tatooine is good. Anytime on Tatooine, Tatooine is good. Give me all of this Marshall fella. Really I'm sure time. we're going to be returning to Tatooine too because like there's just so much there. We got this Cobb Vanth fellow. We've got Boba. I mean, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, Cobb is taken aback by the fact that this is actually to scale and is like, fuck. I guess I've only seen the neck and head. Which <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> like it's that much bigger than that. And uh, he's like, might be time to rethink shit. Not going to lie. <laughs> and... uh He's like, they start sprinkling more little pebbles around, and he's like, "Yeah, that's more like it. That's what we need." And he's like, "How do we? How do we get that?" And Din's like, "I volunteered your village." Oh, oh, no. okay. <laughs> I volunteered all of most Pelgo for reinforcements. <laughs> you had no say in this at all. But it, it was Man. the right move. It was the right move. They oh, had yeah. to come together right now over me. I just Ooh. love how you didn't even ask him beforehand. You're just like. We need a sound effect for every time there's a really nice pop culture reference. <laughs> we really do. Uh, but next, Cobb and Din make their way back to the cantina, where they address the people. Cobb steps up and explains the situation. Amanda wants the armor back, and that he has an exchange. He says that it's only a matter of time before this crate dragon stops feasting on the bantha and starts targeting the people of the town. Or so help us God... The school. <laughs> yeah, I love the fear mongering. I love, I love how he turns to fear mongering there, just like really just going for it. Just really, he's like, bro, really, we got, we got to do this shit, or they will kill our children. <laughs> really, I mean, was kind of in. Mando's just that. really poor about picking and choosing his words and when to say them. I mean, he just made that joke about the guys getting clapped. Like now you're coming in and like. God forbid the school. <laughs> I think he's just a straight to the point kind of guy. Yeah. He is, and uh, Dude, this is where Mando steps up. A little. <laughs> he says that uh, Mando here has agreed to kill the crate in exchange for the armor, and the town's like, "Well, fuck yeah, that sounds like a pretty good deal." Yeah. <laughs> that but sounds wait, like a bet. There's there. more. That's exactly my fucking note. But <laughs> but Cobb is like, "But wait, there's more." <laughs> Cobb tells the people that the sand people are willing to help. And the town is very unhappy. They raid our minds. They're oh, monsters. <laughs> they were not having it. This town man is just very animated. Just just all oh, so about the They're like they're like a <laughs> They're like the fucking town from Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so perfect. Where's the noisemaker? Do the noise. Cue, Cue the noise. noise. Cue the noise. Uh, but this is when Den steps up here. He says, I've seen the size of that thing. It'll swallow your entire town when the fancy hits it. <laughs> Belong to the streets. I was like, fuck yes. This man just threw out when the fancy hits it. God, this is so Western. Belong to the streets. <laughs> After swallow this, he goes. <laughs> After this, he goes to bat for the Tuscan, saying that yes. They are brutal. Yes, they have murdered several of you. Yes, they are brutal. But so is the <laughs> Dune Sea. And they've lived here for thousands of years. They know this crate better than anybody. So, come it's on, a, guys. It's <laughs> a very anime-like episode. It's just oh, like yeah, big time. two extremes coming together to fight this unbeatable monster. Oh. 100%. He explains that in exchange for the carcass of the crate, they are happy to never raid Mos Pelgo again and to never break this vow of peace until one of the people in the town break the peace. Dude, one which of is, the people in the town which, is 
totally gonna do that shit. Totally, totally, and we'll see it's why. It's gonna be in that second. square in the freaking cantina, dude. Fuck that. Guy. So whenever they said, "What like, a fucking we'll... Steve." All <laughs> you... Fucking just. We'll have peace if you let us have the body of the thing. I was like, "All right, what the fuck's in the body?" Like the stupid little egg thing. Well, I that, thought... uh, that Mandalorian got, but like in the original one, I was like, "What's what's in this body that they're after that they're not telling them about? Is there some like you know weapon of mass destruction that they're gonna I develop?" I just assumed <laughs> it was for the food. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, a lot of food. It makes the most sense, food. but I was just like, Looks "There's like no way." Wagyu. Well, there is something else in it. Yeah, and we do see that later. We'll get to that. Dude, it looked uh, like wagyu. That meat was looking. That looked, the meat looked tasty. The marbling, bro. Just mm, get, give me a little dry age on that, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we next see a massive line of Tuscans riding Banthas into the town, and it's truly fucking awesome. Probably the coolest Tuscan Raider content we've ever fucking gotten. This is really pimp, and uh, the town is immediately on edge, and you can sense it. Uh, it's 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 intense. Them 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 teaming up here and. You know, they're loading the bombs up onto the Bantha and shit, and one of the most Pelgo hands off an explosive to a Tuscan, and he accidentally drops it, and boy, oh boy, <laughs> you'd think this guy just murdered a child in front of Dude, him. Dude, fucking like, Steve, bro. Uh, he could have. bro, I swear. He could have if that explosive went off. Yeah, but I mean, fuck, bro. Like, chill yeah. on my mans. <laughs> like, he knows he fucked up. He knows he fucked up. You don't have to rip into him in a language he doesn't understand, homie. <laughs> I mean, but if had, had that thing gone off, like, every other one of those is going off as well. And that city, that, that town is just going to be a small crater. <laughs> no doubt, but shit, bro. Cobb Banth <laughs> handles this situation properly. He gets in this guy's fucking face and tells him to chill the fuck out, and that it was just an accident. Dude, fucking Steve, bro, I swear. Fucking like Steve, bro. Uh, but things after this proceed kind of smoothly, and they uh, they went, they make their way back to the crate dragon lair together, and uh, a Tuscan approaches the cave, and he looks back and he tells Din that the crate is sleeping. If we listen closely, we can hear it breathing, and uh, they start setting up camp. Din. Lays out the plan for us, explains that the belly is the only weak spot, so we have to hit it from below, bury the charges at the opening of the cave. When they wake it, they gotta make it angry enough to charge. Once it's far enough out, the belly is above the explosive, and boom goes the crate dragon, in theory. Yeah, this motherfucker big body. I don't Bro, think they I, I don't think fuck. they understood. I don't All think right. they understood. Very, I got very like I was just waiting for Drax to just jump in his mouth and just. I must. The height is too. <laughs> I the height is too thick to pierce from the outside. Okay, how do they know the belly is a weak spot? How do they know that? Because well, bellies are weak spots in like you know everything. Okay, well, I mean, they, I think they've. Uh, I think that's a solid theory. I think they've I think... seen the belly before. Also. Colton, it sounded like you were about to say, I think they, like, studied it and that stuff. I mean, they also studied the d- digestive tract and figured that out. And, you know, one of them still got eaten and right okay. in front of... Yeah, don't get me wrong. Thin, I'm just so. thinking there's there's probably been uh, dead fucking crate dragons that they've been able to, like, you know, try to there's figure out how to... There's more than one of these fuckers on that planet? Fuck oh, yeah. That. You'll catch me gone out that <laughs> Oh yeah, just don't live out in that dune sea, homie. That's where you get fucked up. Most yeah, just don't live on Tatooine. The I think it's the better. Yeah, definitely yeah. don't live on Tatooine. That's a big fucking mistake. Otherwise, you. your mom will get taken by, you know, things, and then you'll have to kill all of them. Dude, <laughs> come on, Din. Not the time. <laughs> but uh, three Tuscans approach the cave. And they all slowly set their weapons down, and then they all rise up and go, (laughs) attempting to wake the beast. And boy, do they succeed. This boy rises from the cave, and they uh, they fire their spears upon it, sticking it in the face multiple times. I was like, fuck, that's got to hurt. I have to ask. Why? What was the? What the fuck was their strategy? To get it angry. To but get it they angry. Had them tied the ropes. What are you gonna be able to? You can't fuck with his shit, bro. The 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 real dumb part is when they tried to like play tug of war with it. Yeah, yeah that like, was real what dumb. The fuck was that? 
That but was no, real fucking dumb. Even, no, but those ropes, they didn't even have like winding. Like they couldn't wind it up to like reel it in. Like what were they trying to do? Make it mad so it would come out and try to eat them. Why did there have any strings attached to it? Just take the fucking strings off. This I don't is know, man. I can't, explain, I can't explain their battle strategy, bro. Dude, I didn't hear it. That's why Anakin slaughtered their ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. No, um, apparently... Just- Apparently they did a pretty good job of fucking hurting it here though because it retreats, uh, and Tin's like, "Fuck, we did too good. We we gotta we gotta get this bitch out." So they just keep firing at this bitch. Blaster fire, Molotov cocktails. I'm pretty sure I saw. <laughs> I, I'm I think they even dropped a piano on this guy's head. <laughs> Din tells them the that they acme, need just a big acme, uh... just a big acme sign, you know? Yeah, and. uh and tells them that they need just a little further, and uh, and I'm I'm fairly certain he was over over these charges long enough for these pe- next people not to have died. But uh, <laughs> but uh, this great dragon rears up, and I think his belly is definitely over the charges and <laughs> looking ready for the pounce, and just unexpectedly just starts shooting acid from it oh. <laughs> and melting people, like actually melting them away. And I was uh, like, bro, pull the fucking trigger, bro. There's no did, reason for this to I be happening. I did happen. not expect that. Dude, tell me why I just got super, like, melting stick Thor Ragnarok vibes. Like, just the way they disintegrated there. Was exactly. Just... So, I feel like this would have been, like, useful information for them to tell him yeah. about. Just being like, well, hey, I by the way, might not come up. They probably never come face-to-face with this defense mechanism. Dude, it's the same thing with the mud horn, bro. Man, but it's getting fucked every time. I mean, but any I, advice? He's got I feel like if they know, water. if they know the stomach is a weak point, they maybe. have to know that this thing can just spit acid. Maybe, maybe in theory, <laughs> in theory, one would think. Yeah, one uh, just be like, hey, you know, it might come up, might not. Just, if it does, it can maybe spit spit acid. <laughs> <laughs> this thing can shoot acid from its mouth, which will melt you the fuck away. And I'm not, not, not I'm not speaking I'm not speaking out of turn here. This it, it will actually melt you. Like Yeah, not so that big of a deal, out. but just in case it comes up. I think everyone who has been faced with this acid has died. So I don't 100%. think there's ever a way to know it. <laughs> but uh after this Cobb decides it's time to blow the chargers and uh it retreats underground and Din and Cobb agree that this thing is not dead. And everyone waits on edge, and then you hear the rumbling, and you watch the crate emerge from the top of the mountain, and this thing just takes position. It's like, I'm going to sprinkle it this bitch. It was like a freaking volcano. It was so sick. I love that part. It was like Pompeii. Just raining, raining, just raining acid on these people, and uh, Mando and Vanth are forced to uh, take the opportunity to use their jetpacks. Fuck this dude up. Super cool. Super cool excuse to use the jetpacks. Oh yeah. Dude, seeing the seeing the Boba Fett armor getting back up in the air like that was like Beautiful. Just, oh man. Beautiful. They fly up on it, start firing at it, not doing much damage, but enough to distract it. And uh when the crate lunges they fly off and it retreats underground once again. And uh they wait again. Rumble, 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 rumble. It rises several feet behind them and uh attacks, making dives at the people around and Din gets an idea, tells Cobb to get its attention, and he does so by aiming that fucking jetpack rocket right at the crate's eye. Like, bro, nailed this man's eye, just blew that shit out of the water. Um, And Din's like, well, that did it. Good job. And he's like, well, what do you want me to do? He said, watch the child. Bah! Pops the jetpack. Goodbye. Han Solo style, Return of the Jedi. Gah! Dude, it was, that was, that scene was awesome. I love that. I love that. Just like... Just a big fan. Yeah. Just a big fan. Big callback vibes, you know. Yeah, big Iron Man one vibes, just flying out of the cave. Oh yeah, it's out of fucking control. Uh, Din grabs hold of this bantha. He arms the charges wrapped around it, and then uh, the bantha takes off. And he's like, he's like, "Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Come, hey, Dude, stay what here, did stay you here. think was gonna happen? This thing's smart enough to know what you're setting it up for, <laughs> dude." I was like, oh my god, I hope he doesn't have to. I thought he, I was like, please take the charges off the Bantha. Like, please. No, bro, this Bantha was going to die. He was willing to sacrifice this Bantha, no questions asked. And uh, 
the crate just fast approaching. I'm like, yo, what the fuck's going to happen? What the fuck's going to happen? What the fuck's going to happen? And then it just dives down. Curtains. Dead. I was like, yo, what? He just ate this man. He just fucking ate my guy here. All right. And uh, I, I was like, yo, what the fuck? And, you know, Cobb watches on. Confused as fuck. Baby looks on. Making very sad noises. Which makes me very sad. <laughs> Everyone around's in dismay. They're all just like, yo, what the fuck did this man just do? And was it even worth it? (laughs) (laughs) Then the crate rises from the ground again, opens his mouth in a roar, lined with lightning from the charges, and Din emerges via jetpack, and it's glorious. He blows the charges wrapped around the bantha, and now this crate dragon is definitely fucking dead, bro. (laughs) Yeah. We watched that bitch explode. Yeah, no. So the hide was either. too thick to pierce from the outside. <laughs> it must be pierced from within. So, Mando came out. Din, sorry, came out with this, you know, acid-looking stuff all over. Yeah, he was all icky, slimy. And I was thinking, you know, maybe the acid couldn't melt Beskar. Makes sense. Perhaps. But like, there's parts on his body where it's like it is not Beskar. It's just like clothing. I'm assuming that's not just some acid that's like randomly swirling around this thing's body. Like, I think that's like a true oh, defense mechanism that like hole? it forces out. Yeah, I don't know. I I mean, just to justify it, it's kind of true. Yeah, I like that idea. I didn't think about it. I thought he was just spewing stomach acid all it like everywhere. Which, yeah, that that's an that's a very natural line of thought, and it could just be another hole that we've poked in this this episode, but. I like to think I can try to poke around these, these little holes. I was know? really hoping after he got eaten, I was like, all right, come on. Just like, all right, now just show the title card and just say he's dead. season two's over. <laughs> he's dead. Uh, but uh, the sand people celebrate properly by picking the meat off the bones. <laughs> and uh, Mando takes a nice slab of meat and Boba's armor. And uh, after this, the Tuscans emerge with a white pearl, which is actually from the game Star Wars Galaxies, which is from very long time ago, which you could play <laughs> as sand people fighting against a crate dragon. And when you won, you could find this pearl. Colton, I love that you know that. I, 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 it's my job to know these <laughs> things, man. I'm here to talk about them. How much do you think that thing's worth? That pearl? Dude, nah, to that at least like a dollar or two. There's Tuskens, oh. bro. That thing's worth like their entire lives. You think? Well, clearly, I mean, since they risk, I mean, you know, it, a bunch has, of them. it has to be very rare. Oh, bro. yeah. Uh, if, I was Mando, if I was Mando, I would boonk the shit out of that thing. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time the Tuskens got freaking slaughtered. <laughs> Damn. Bro, you just keep making jokes too. about the Tuscan genocide, bro. <laughs> not, not the time. Listen, they deserve it. Jesus fucking Christ. But, uh, you know, this episode ain't over yet. Din rides off with the armor. And I was like, oh, in this entire episode, I was thinking, like, when are they going to show me two fucking sons, bro? When are they going to show me that two suns are in that fucking sky? I, love I was like, suns. they are saving it for something. They are saving that shot for something awesome. And then, as Din rides off in the distance, we see those twin suns surrounding one Boba fucking Fett. Dude. Old as fuck looking, so- too. You really think it's Boba? And what do you think? You think his mission is to get his armor back? It is 100% Boba. He either wants to get his armor back, or he wants to confront, you know, Mando, Din, to see about Baby Yoda. I know, because he... I saw that tweet. That tweet that I sent. uh, I sent Joseph and Kyler a tweet that uh, was like, the only substantial bit of character information we have about Boba is how much he cared about his dad. So that should be the only thing that influences his storyline here with the way he views Mando and Baby Yoda. Like, yeah, I am confident that he is going to be kind of with it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would presume, you know, there's no way that they would 
Mando and, and Boba would fight, and then one of them would, or, you know, I don't think Mando would die. I think if one would to die, it would be Boba, but I don't, they wouldn't do that. No, Mando's, Mando's dying, and uh, Boba's going to be the new daddy for uh, Baby Yoda. I, I, what I'm thinking is that Boba's trying to get his armor back, all right? Mm-hmm. But, like, Mando's not just going to give him his armor back. Do and, you think there's any chance? Well, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, but do you cool. think there's any chance that this could be Rex or Cody or something? No, this is Boba Fett. No. They would not no. have done no, everything. The, the they clones aged too quickly. They wouldn't have done everything they did this episode and then not gone yeah. with Boba Fett there. Like that has to be Boba Fett. Otherwise, it's also, kind of unclear. Yeah, because okay. the it, like if you I don't know if you watch any of them, but in like Rebels and things like that, the clones were all like ninety. Like they age super quick. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair but so I, earlier I, on, I'm not... we had the episode of the Spurs. You know, we heard the Spurs and were like, "Oh my God, it's Boba. Yeah. He's in his armor." Or was he just in his boots? I don't know. He was just in boots. I don't think he was in his armor. Okay. Because I I don't remember if we saw anything. Well, my theory. I have another theory that because the only, like, the garb we see him wearing, Mm -hmm. I think he may have spent some time with the sand people as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think perhaps. He was, I mean, looking for a way to survive in the Dune Sea, and that was the only way. Do you think Boba has retired from his old ways? I think he'll still follow the Mighty Dollar. I don't think we're going to get, like, a brand new character or anything. You don't think he's like, I've been fighting for too long, you know, like, I'm old now, and I just kind of just want to give it up sort of thing? Like, you know what I mean, that'd be cool. Armor. I'd be down for that, too, and him to just kind of be like a hardened old wise guy. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just too much of a there's too much of a gap here. Doesn't strike me. I nah, he's going to he's going to be a badass still. He's still going to be fighting. And I don't I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I told Colton about it right after uh, we ended watching it for the first time. But before it showed, you know, the. The double son, or the two sons and Boba, the aspect ratio changed. Like, the black bars completely changed. Yeah, it went it from cool. whatever aspect ratio to 21 by 9. And, like, I was like, why is this happening? Like, it is, it's very weird. I wonder if, I don't know if there's a reasoning behind that or just to make it look cool and make it look more important, but. Yeah, I don't know, but. It's definitely Boba Fett for me. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll agree. Yeah. And uh, I just, I'm really looking forward to what they have to do, what they do with him. I'm also yeah. like, is this an ep- is this a storyline we pick up next episode or is this something we pick up down the line? Like, I really hope so. I really want to get into some meat, like some meat. Like, let's just like, jump into jump. it. Like, let's just yes. jump into this Boba storyline here. Oh yeah, I think it's definitely happening. It's happening. Having to wait for the episodes. Oh god, like I just I need it. They didn't show the Razor Crest leaving Tatooine at the end of the episode. They didn't do any of that shit. I'm thinking we start next episode on Tatooine and we see Boba Fett with Din next episode. I think you have to. You have to. You can't. You can't. You can't hold off on that any longer. Oh yeah, I think you can't. You can't tease Boba and then. Keep him away for from the second time. You can't tease Boba. Yeah. You can't just tease Boba for the second time and then just like hold that episode. You know, like we we're gonna see him next episode. I think. All right, here's Boba, but fuck you for the next four episodes. <laughs> Speaking of, I mentioned the writers at the beginning of this episode. Uh, there is one episode this season written by Dave Filoni, and it is episode five, which gives me the distinct impression that that is definitely the episode we will be seeing Ahsoka Tano. I feel like he's the only one that would really like get trusted with that episode. Well, he he created the character. I know that's his fucking baby. You know, like he he he's gonna protect that character at all costs. So he should he should get creative control, no doubt. Absolutely. So I'm. Yeah, but if it is Rex, it would be so cool to see the re you know the reunion. Just because this is Boba doesn't necessarily rule out the idea of eventually seeing Rex. That's true, and I mean 
the the sentimental like everyone loved Rex from you know the animated series, not really yeah. the movies. So I don't think they'd really throw in a character just that's incomplete. I mean, I don't know. I guess they could, but who if it, let's say theoretically if Rex was in the show, who would play him? Tamara Morrison. Yeah, same. Same, same guy who plays Boba. Yeah, would would he just be? Yeah, I was gonna say, would he just be playing both characters? Yeah, he'd be playing both characters. They'd fig- they'd. I mean, just because they they'd keep that continuity, there's no reason they gotcha. wouldn't they wouldn't do something with a a clone and make him a different guy. You know, I just think that with a Rex, we'd see a much much more aged up version of Tamara yeah, Morrison. Yeah, oh yeah, could we? Could they find the guy from uh, episode six? You know what I'm talking about, Colton? Oh. uh... That they always said was it was uh, Rex. Yeah. Um, could they find him? You know, he's, be kind he's of now awesome. like 150 years old to play him. Maybe, maybe. Gotta have it. I need it. Gosh, I I think if we do see Rex in season two of The Mandalorian, we're saying goodbye to him. Like this man dies. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. If I had to bet money on it, I don't think we're going to see him. I I, I don't I, either. I, I think that the Ahsoka spinoff is where we will see Rex again if we see yeah. Rex again, you know? I, I think we have to see Rex again because I feel like there at, at some point because there needs to be that goodbye. And Dave Filoni, that's another one of his characters that he is very, very attached to in a sentimental way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he created Captain Rex. That's going to be another character he wants to send off properly, you know? Right. So, uh, whether it be in the Mandalorian or in whatever they do with Ahsoka in the future, because you know they're going to do something, we'll see. We'll see Captain Rex again, like no doubt. True, guys. I'm excited for episode two. Cannot wait. I can't wait. Week to week is a struggle, you know. Yes, I, it is. Yeah. But I kind of love. I it. live. I live for two a.m. Friday morning. Sam, <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Well, guys, this has been a fucking joy. I will see you next week. Shall I? Absolutely. I have been Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Of course. Of course. I was with Miles Buttress. Thanks, bud. Anytime. Next week, even. Thank you, (laughs) Kyler Barnett, for joining me. Always a pleasure. Always, always a pleasure. And this has been the Penny Bloom Podcast. Peace, love, and bloom. And always praise Keanu Reeves.